Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, and welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. So glad to have you guys tune in. Thank you for carving out some time during your busy week to give the podcast a little love and a little listen. Mike Randall and Gus Kearns, totally appreciate it. You got Gus going solo on you here, going a little mid-major podcast for you guys. We're going to talk about a couple of things that have popped up on the college basketball landscape the past couple of days, and then also give you just a rundown of what happened this past week and the mid-major shows and conferences out across the nation. First thing, thank you so much, listeners. We totally appreciate everybody tuning in. We cannot thank you enough. We're so humbled. We're thankful. Uh, Mike and I love getting all this content out there for you. Uh, So thank you, thank you, thank you. If you like what you're listening to, please don't be afraid. Give the podcast a little pump and a little review on the iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Leave some nice comments. You leave a nice comment. We'll give you a little shout-out, a little ahoy on the podcast, just like we'll do later for... Joe M. from Mini. Thanks, Joe M. from Mini, for chiming in for the trivia uh, question. So here's the lineup for the uh, for the podcast tonight. We're going to give you a rundown of the games. We're going to give you a little more Dr. Tony trivia, follow up with our Big East question from uh, last minute's major podcast. And guess what? I got next again, man. Gus got next. I'm going to highlight a couple of uh, mid-major stars that are doing their thing. And then we'll give you a little rundown of the games as we get closer to the weekend. I feel like we got spoiled the last couple of weekends. Uh, this one, this slate is not as, uh, I don't know, top shelf and, uh, and, and ice cream and, and cherry and, and, and whipped cream as, as the last couple of, but, uh, you know, we'll run down a couple of games, give you the feel on, on what we feel is going to happen. Um, like we're listening to, uh, give, uh, give the podcast a follow at SDS podcast efficiency of keystrokes, of course, out on Twitter. If you want to get in touch with the, with the show? Please hit us up on Gmail. SDS podcast at gmail.com. If you're looking for a little screen, the screener in print content, Mike has an unbelievable website, randallrant.com. He's got all of our college basketball thoughts and ideas on there. Mike does an unbelievable job with his short corner, which is a rundown of the week's past actions and whatever's on his college basketball mind. Uh, so check out the short corner. Got a couple of rankings up there for you. You can, of course, consume all the podcasts on that website as well. So let's get into the games. We're going to hit the rewind button a little bit um, and uh, head back to last weekend, I guess, uh, where Boise State went to San Diego State. Out in the Mountain West Conference, Boise State wins a nice road game, 83-80. And we put our eyes on this game for a couple of reasons. Number one, Chenyon Hutchinson just went off for 44, now has the Boise State single-game scoring record in his craw. Uh, 
right in line for a player of the year, like we kind of called on our mid-major manifesto podcast a while back. But you know what? This game went into overtime, unbelievably live. San Diego State showed us that that Gonzaga win was not a fluke. And a couple of things to take away from San Diego State moving forward. San Francisco transfer, Devin Watson, 13 points, 4 assists, really sound point guard. It was frosh. How about those frosh for San Diego State? You got Jalen McDaniels, that 6'10", like really lanky, long difference maker. And, and Matt Mitchell, who's like, um, like I don't know, like he, he reminds me of Chris Jenkins from Villanova, right? The way that he's built and the way that he, his game. Uh, and then you got the holdovers, Trey Kell and Malik Pope. Um, so this San Diego State team, it might be dangerous moving forward, especially with that five. That's a solid five starting lineup right there. Great game. Uh, questionable officiating down the stretch if you watch this game. Uh, I feel like there might have been a makeup call for Hutchinson there uh, in the final closing seconds. Uh, but great game. Well contested in the Mountain West and Mountain West. Going back to uh, what we said earlier, this might be a multi-bid league this year. Boise State or San Diego State might get that other bid along with Nevada. Uh, and just to fast forward, after hitting the rewind button a little bit for the Mountain West Conference, this Saturday, Boise State goes to Nevada. Talk about a showdown. We'll talk about that, obviously. Uh, Mike and I will probably talk about that on Sunday um, on the Monday podcast for you guys. But uh, if, if we don't, I will definitely address it here on Friday for sure so you guys can listen to it over the weekend. So big game this weekend, Boise State going to Nevada, the two lead leaders in the Mountain West. Let's head over to the America East. Vermont went on the road to New Hampshire. Now, you might think like, oh, what's the big deal here? Vermont was 4-0 going into the game, and New Hampshire was 3-1. Uh, New Hampshire gets a win here at home. This, The, the dynamic of the America East totally, uh, totally uh, crinkles, and you're looking at a one-loss Vermont team and a one-loss New Hampshire team, and now everybody's back on an even keel and an even playing field. But Vermont, 67-56 over New Hampshire on the road. You know what? That makes 26 straight America East wins for Vermont. Let that sink in. 26 in-conference wins, including the tournament last year, for Vermont. Now, the reason why we need to point this out is because they are doing this all without the conference's best player, Anthony Lamb. Anthony Lamb is still shelled with an injury, so Vermont is trying to piece it together, and the Catamounts are doing an amazing job. Coach Becker is obviously earning lots of money down the road if he ever decides to leave that beautiful campus and that beautiful state up in Vermont for greener pastures. I don't know where he would find greener pastures besides Vermont. Uh, there's plenty of beautiful farms up there, but as far as his pockets go, Trey Bell Haynes, one of Mike's most valued players in his short corner rundown, hit New Hampshire up for 20 points in this game, and he is separating himself as the player of the year in this conference, no doubt. So Vermont was actually down two at the half here, comes back for the double-digit win. Great road win for Vermont. They take control of the conference. They are now 5-0 and in conference in the America East. 15 and 5 overall, where New Hampshire is 3 and 2 and 7 and 12 overall. So this is a big opportunity for New Hampshire, and they could not overcome the defending champions, the Vermont Catamounts. Let's head down to the CAA, little home down conference for me, uh, where we had Northeastern heading into William and Mary. Both teams coming in uh, came in with uh, 11. Uh, Northeastern wins the game 90 to 70, and now there's a three-way tie. 
atop the CAA after this result. Northeastern, 5-2 in conference. William & Mary, 5-2 in conference. And they're all tied with Hofstra, who is also 5-2 in conference. Um, Northeastern really really put the beating on William & Mary. They had a double-digit lead for most of the second half here. Uh, Vasa Pasucha had nine points. I'm sorry, had t- 20 points, nine dimes, four threes. And Northeastern had 12 made threes in this game, which really was the separator in this. So we have in the CAA, we have a three-way race currently right now. This could change, obviously, uh, if Charleston gets hot or, or, or Towson or another team gets hot. We have Northeastern, William & Mary, and Hofstra all tied atop the CAA at 5-2 and two after Northeastern's big 90-70 to 70 win over William & Mary on the road which is pretty impressive. Let's go to the W. Uh, let's go to the OVC. I'm sorry. OVC, we had showdown of the two top teams, Murray State and Belmont. Murray State goes on the road and falls to Belmont on the road. Now, Murray State leaves this matchup 5-2. and two. Belmont leaves this matchup 6-1, and one, so they have a game lead on Murray State in the conference right now. Impressive win for Belmont for a couple of reasons. Here's why. Number one. My pick for player of the year in the conference, Amaze Aguizi, only had three points and played all 40 minutes. Now, you wonder, how did this happen? How did they pull this off without their best player only having three points against, uh, a, uh, you know, a Stark-led team? Stark had, you know, had four, uh, played 40 minutes, had 19 and six. So he, he played, obviously, as well. He's been playing all season for Murray State. Austin Luke. One of the nation's leaders in assists decided to get going in the scoring con- uh, sc- scoring column. Uh, Austin Luke had 21 points, uh, four assists, four boards. And then uh, Dylan Wilder, their big man who can shoot from outside, 21 points, uh, and then five and six. And then Mercer had a nice game off the bench with 15 and seven. So it speaks a lot when your ace player, your stud, has a down game, and you're still able to win a game against your conference rival. Great win for Belmont. And you know what? Belmont does what they always do. They made 14 threes in this game. That is outrageous. Kind of can't believe that they were that efficient uh, and made that many threes against a great Bel- uh, Murray State team. So Belmont comes out 6-1 and one in conference, 14-6 and six overall. Murray State leaves this matchup 5-2, and 13-5 overall. Both teams are live. Either one of these teams gets in the conference as a representative for the OVC. They will be live against whatever uh, mid-major, uh, I'm sorry, major league team that they'll be playing in March. Um, both of these teams, very well coached, really well done. Uh, totally have to pay attention to the AAC. Odd things happening in the AAC, AAC, right? We had SMU win a very close game against Wichita State, 83-80. to uh, 80. And this was on the road. This was at Wichita State. Shake Milton absolutely goes bananas. Hey, Shake Milton was the best player on the floor. Uh, much like I called the Geezy player of the year in the OVC, I called for Shake Milton to be the player of the year. He was, you know, many people's selection for player of the year preseason in this conference. And he did nothing to disprove that at all. He, he just absolutely outplayed Landry Shamit, who also played really well. Um, and, Again, I think the question of Wichita State's commitment on the defensive end has come up again. You thought they might have had to right the ship a little bit, but no, not against this game against SMU. And SMU was desperate. They were coming off two or three losses in conference, and they needed to get the ship righted. Uh, Jankovic does an unbelievable job game planning for big games like this. So obviously, 
Wichita State a little disappointing. Uh, now they have another tough road game against Houston, so you want to see if the slide continues, or does Coach Marshall get the ship righted here and get Wichita State back on track and get get them more towards their defensive ways of years past where they were like, you know, a top 20 Ken Palm defensive team. That's not happening this year. But kudos to SMU. Pony up. They just absolutely put themselves back in the picture in the AAC with a nice win. Um, they have one of the oddest resumes coming into March, by the way. When when the selection committee looks at SMU's resume, I don't even know if they're going to know what to do with it. Because they now have like three top shelf wins on their resume, but they also have a loss to Tulane. So it just doesn't make any sense. I'm interested to see what SMU does moving forward. If they play more in character like this Wichita State game, or they fall back and have a miscue like at that Tulane game that we mentioned earlier. How about down in the Southern? Huge game in the Southern. East Tennessee State goes to Furman. Both teams, uh, these are the two favorites in the conference in the Southern. East Tennessee State, 62. Furman, 61. DeSante Bradford. Love that we're bringing up his name again. He's one of the lone holdovers from that East Tennessee State team that made the tournament uh, a year ago they lost you know four of their top five or six players from last year and he's a one holdover and guess who made the game winning play game winning layup with four seconds to to four seconds to go on the road that's right Bradford did Bradford came out of the timeout executed Steve Forbes play to perfection got the layup they defended well on the uh, opposing possession to Furman and come out with the win on the road 62 61 now, East Tennessee State is 15-5 overall and 6-0 in conference, where Furman came in with that one loss. If they win this game, they even up in the loss column with East Tennessee State. Furman leaves the game 13-6, 14-2 in conference. So they're going to have to play a little makeup and hope for an upset that East Tennessee State comes along. But uh, we were listening to Gary Parrish late night uh, on uh, CBS Sports Network, and he was saying that East Tennessee State is actually favored to in every single one of their remaining games in conference. So it's going to be tough for them to get upset, uh, according to Ken Palm. So East Tennessee State takes control of the Southern. 62-61, nice road win. Bradford with the game-winning play under five seconds to go. Let's just touch on a couple other ones real fast. we got the Atlantic Sun, Florida Gulf Coast, now 4-0 after a nice win over Lipscomb. Um, Lipscomb was... Uh, one of, the, one of the teams I thought could give Florida Gulf Coast a little issue, but it doesn't seem that way. So Florida Gulf Coast takes command with a 4-0 record in conference, and they seem to be getting the ship righted. Uh, they win 88-83. to uh, Over in the WAC, one of my favorites, New Mexico State, wins over Seattle 75-62. Just kind of takes care of business here. Max value player. Jamario Jones with just another double-double that he just does his thing. Playing at that undersized four position. Really love Jamario Jones and what he does. I don't think it's crazy that you might look, if, if, if New Mexico State continues on this role in the whack, you could look at Jamario Jones as player of the year in that conference over his own teammate Lofton, which is a little nutty, but I don't think that's a crazy conversation to be had. Uh, so New, New Mexico State wins uh, wins at, uh, at Seattle 75-62 New Mexico State now 4 and 0 in conference and that leaves Seattle at 2 and 2 in conference. Uh Big West we want to pay attention to uh uh UC uh I'm sorry C, uh, CSU Fullerton and they win over uh, Santa Barbara Gauchos um can't pull it out on the road Max Hedinger 24 points that leaves Fullerton at 4 and 1 and 
Santa Barbara at two and two. So uh, Fullerton takes control with a four and one record in the Big West. They're at eleven and six overall. Uh, and Conference USA, some odd happenings. Western Kentucky gets a nice win over UAB, and at the same time, Middle Tennessee State loses to offensive juggernaut Marshall. So that game gets a little saucy. And you know what? Guess who plays this weekend? Yeah. Boise State and Nevada is not the only huge game on the mid-major slate this weekend. That's right, Middle and Western Kentucky get together this weekend. That is a huge showdown in that conference. Can't wait to get some eyes on that, or at least eyes on box scores. I'll do whatever I can to get some eyes on that game for sure. And I think we have to finish off with Gonzaga-St. Mary's, right? Mike and I talked about this game on on the podcast earlier this week. And St. Mary's, really gutty win, really impressive, 74-71 over Gonzaga. And I got four things about this game. By the way, that leaves Gonzaga at 6-1 and one in conference. St. Mary's is 7-0. and oh. St. Mary's is 18-2 and two overall. Gonzaga is 16-4 and four overall. Um, it wouldn't be crazy if you ranked St. Mary's next week in the bottom of the top 25. I think that'd be A-OK on my end. Um, Perkins. Which Perkins are we going to get? Are we going to get the Perkins that makes the three free throws with less than a minute to play to keep this game in play for Gonzaga, or are we going to get the Perkins that airballs the final three on the last possession for Gonzaga? Which Perkins do we get? I thought that the backcourt would be in favor of Gonzaga in this game, and St. Mary's backcourt totally outplayed uh, Gonzaga's. was really surprised by that uh, turn of events there. Hermanson totally played like the senior you want, right? Totally played like a all you know first-team all-conference player, had 16 points, made some defining plays, a couple of deep threes, a couple of nice driving layups when he had some space. Jacques Landell, definitely separating himself as the player of the year in the conference, right? He had 26 and 12, only three fouls in this game. Really impressed with Landell's game. Um, they had Williams on him, Jonathan Williams on him, kind of one-on-one. They brought the double team from the opposite side uh, to try to cause some problems, which it did, but Landell was going to get his numbers and get his touches and he went off for 26-12 and 12 and played like the best player on the floor in this game. And then I think we also have to mention Rui Hachimura. Rui Hachimura had kind of the game of his career. He had 23 points, shot 11 from 16 from the field, had a couple boards. Uh, he's really interesting. I think they're going to have to find some time for him on the floor. And you know what Rui is? I think he's one of the things that Gonzaga has been missing almost since they had Adam Morrison, a small forward. Like, they haven't had a traditional three that can score the ball at a high level uh, since him. They usually go three-guard alignment. Um, sometimes they'll put a defensive stopper out there. But, yeah, I think he's an interesting piece for them moving forward because it's not a piece that they've played with traditionally at Gonzaga. Sure, they'll put the t- those two bigs out there like they have in the past and like they're doing this year. But having that small forward that's a difference maker interesting. So I want to see what they try to do with Rui moving forward. Do they throw him in the starting lineup? Do they continue to bring him off the bench and just be this impact player that plays against other teams' second units? Really interesting. But this game lived up to the hype. Uh, Happy for St. Mary's that they got the win um, and are now in the conversation as a tournament team and in the conversation uh, and actually have a commanding lead now. And Gonzaga's got to, you know, your move Gonzaga, your serve Gonzaga. Uh, Now you have to go win on the road and hope for a upset somewhere along the line from St. Mary's. Um, and then before we get into some trivia and, and, and Gus got next, just a couple of quick hitters here. Two things. One, love that they're going to do the 16-team release show. In fact, I think 
that they should do two or three of these shows leading up to March. I think they should definitely do one when they have it scheduled, you know, in January. Uh, give us one in February and then maybe one right at the end of February slash the beginning of March. Uh, and just give us a rundown of those 16 teams and talk about the process. I love that they're going to do this show again. I think that they should try to pump it up, but not do it every week. I think that'd be a little bit overkill. But I could see three of these shows being really useful moving forward. And also, an aside to this, so glad that they're using some advanced metrics and other rankings uh, as opposed to just sticking to uh, the antiquated RPI and other, uh, you know, older and dated uh, systems that they use to rank the team. So I'm glad that they're catching up with all of the smart people that are out there uh, ranking these teams and finding which team is real, which are the 64 real best teams that they need to invite. Uh, and then number two, how about the transfer rule? Interesting that they put out some feelers and saying, like, we just might allow everybody to transfer whenever they want. Hmm. Here's my two cents on this. Love the transparency that they're going to have because coaches are allowed to just go get another job the following year without having to sit out a year or go to TV for a year. They can just go collect another check right away. So I love that the trans they're giving the, 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 at the student athletes the same transparency as the coaches, but you know what's, you know, you know the storyline here, right? You're going to say, Oh, the mid majors are going to get robbed and they're, you know, they're going to get poached and, and those best players are going to go to like the major. No, there's always, Look at, look at the success that Nevada's had with, with major players transferring down to a quote-unquote mid-major. Look at the success that Oakland has had for players transferring down for major programs. Like, that's still going to happen. Like, that's not going to go away. Uh, there's still going to be places like that. And then if you just want to look at, like, places like, uh, you know, in the past, like Iowa State, where they can just go and have, like, a second life. And, and then look at Gonzaga, too. Gonzaga's had uh, unbelievable success with transfers coming in for that redshirt year. Now, here's the catch, and here's why I brought up Gonzaga. What's the appeal now if you want to go to Gonzaga? Like, that redshirt year is almost like like a, a calling card for Gonzaga. Like, we can make you a better player during that redshirt year, and then we put you out on stage and let you do your thing. Now that places like uh, Gonzaga and Nevada don't have that like, okay, we can make your game better during your redshirt year uh, uh, presentation. That might hurt them a little. I think that's where that might affect them a touch. But I think the transparency allowing everybody to go everywhere might be the way to go. I don't think it's an absolute nightmare. And it might actually do the sport some good. It might be like a cool free agency thing. Like the Think about how exciting the NBA free agency was. Um, once all of the, like, once the date for that was set, like you, like people are, are literally negotiating at, at 1201, uh, for that. And, and look at, uh, how the NFL, you know, I, I don't know, I guess like broadcasts their free agency. I think that'd be okay. Uh, are there things to clean up with this and rules to be in place? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it might be a good thing down the line for the sport. Okay. Let's get to some Dr. Tony trivia. We just want to give a shout out to Joe M. from Mini. Joe M. from Mini was one of the uh, one of the listeners that emailed in from the sh uh, emailed the answer from the the trivia question last week. And the trivia question was: Please name the original Big East formed in 1979. Hint: There are seven schools. Joe, good news and bad news. You were the closest one, but you only went six for seven. Joe named Providence, Seton Hall, Georgetown, BC, St. John's, Syracuse, and he left out UConn. So the original Big East, 
Providence, St. John's, Georgetown, Syracuse, Seton Hall, UConn, and Boston College. Now, we're going to give you a bonus trivia question on this. And again, please email the show at, uh, I'm sorry, uh, sdspodcast at gmail.com uh, or hit us up on Twitter uh, if you'd like to jump in on these two bonus questions for the Big East. Bonus question number one. Name the two next schools that entered. One entered in 1980 and the other one entered in 1982, and that brought the league up to nine teams. Bonus question number two. Who are the two schools that turned down their initial invite in 1979? There are two schools on the East Coast that actually turned down an invitation to the Big East when it was initially formed in 1979. So we're looking for the two newest members that jumped in the Big East after 1979. So it was the following year and then the year after. And then bonus question number two, who were the two schools that turned down the initial invite once the Big East was forming? So we're looking for a total of four schools there. Next two members and the two members that turned down the invitation to the Big East. So thanks to Dr. Tony and his family for the cool uh, trivia questions. If you, again, if you want to answer the trivia question, we'll give you a little shout out just like Joe M. What up, Joe M. from Mini? Ahoy out there, my man. Thank you for chiming in. And thank you for all the uh, other listeners that chimed in with your answers that were uh, close to Joe M's, but not exactly. Uh, so let's uh, let's read a couple of more of those off uh, next Friday podcast, the weekend podcast, mid-major podcast. Uh, all right. Yo, I got next. I got next. I got my squad with me. Gus got next. Here's my squad. These guys went off on the mid-major level this week and... These are the four guys we wanted to highlight, and I got next with, yo, we're winning that next game to 21. I got Alizé Johnson from Missouri State. That's right, my guy, who I picked for third-team All-American, went for 24-17 and and a 64-57 win over Valpo. Yeah, I got Alizé. I'm going to throw him the ball in the post, let him get a couple rebounds, and outlet it on the fast break. You know who else I got? I got Stanford Robinson. URI has been looking for who is going to be the big guy with all of those great guards on the perimeter. Yeah, Stanford Robinson might just might fill that role for the big guy in URI. He went for a 17-12 and 12 and a 73-51 win over UMass. So I got Stanford Robinson holding things down, down low for me. Thanks, Stanford Robinson, URI, shout out. You know what else I got? I got Dante Ingram, Loyola Chicago, 6'6", senior. Had 25, 7, and 5 threes in a 79-65 win over SIU. Ingram's going to put it up. He's going to do a little bit of everything for us. He's going to operate nicely on the wing. We're going to even post Ingram up. That's right. And then you know what? If we get into a late-game situation, we're going to throw the ball to Ashton Spears from Jacksonville State. We're going to let him do his thing, and if he gets fouled, you know what he's going to do? He's going to do the same thing he did on the road with three seconds to go. Team down one, Jackson State's Ashton Spears steps to the line, sinks two free throws. Jackson State walks out with a two-point win, and now they remain a game behind Belmont in the OVC. So we got a, you know, we got a late-game situation. We need a win. We're going to Ashton Spears and Jackson State. So here's my squad, and we got next. Gus is running with Alizé Johnson, Missouri State. We're going to throw it down to Stanford Robinson, let him start some fast breaks from URI. Dante Ingram's going to do a little bit of everything for us from Loyola Chicago. And then we're going to throw the ball to Ashton Spears, let him do his thing. 
late shot clock for sure. So, yo, Gus got next. We're not getting off this court till next week. Good luck. All right, listeners, let's give you a little rundown of the weekend games. Hope you enjoyed all the segments of the podcast. A little rundown of some of the mid-major uh, action this week. Um, you know, we gave you the, the Missouri, uh, I'm sorry, we give you the Mountain West rundown of Boise State and San Diego State. Great overtime game. Unbelievable win for Boise State. Hutchinson went off 44. Talked about the America East a little bit. Vermont continuing their dominance. CAA, three-way tie up there. You got Northeastern, William & Mary, and Hofstra all at 5-2. and two. Seems like a, a mess up there, but a, a crowded mess. And uh, love when you got it messy up top. That means uh, every game is crucial. Talked about the OVC, the big show now at Murray State and Belmont. Belmont takes control of that conference. Big game for Luke uh, on the points side of things. Usually he's you know dishing out some assists and trying to throw out some helpers, but he went for 21 points. We talked about the upset of SMU at Wichita State. Shake Milton going off and doing his thing. Talked a little bit about East Tennessee State getting a huge road win over Furman. DeSanta Bradford making that game-winning play with under five seconds to go. Then we gave you a quick rundown of the ASUM of Florida Gulf Coast taking control there. Uh, of course, the WAC, New Mexico State doing their thing against Seattle. Um, Cal State Fullerton, 4-1 uh, and one in the Big West. And then the interesting, you know, the interesting happenings in Conference USA with Western Kentucky over UAB and Middle Tennessee State losing to Marshall. Looks like that's going to be uh, creating a little bit of a logjam up front there. And then, of course, we gave you the Dr. Tony trivia. Shout out to Joe M. for Mini. Good job sending in your uh, winning trivia question. Uh, we gave you uh, the bonus trivia questions there. Name the two next members of the Big East and then name the two members that denied their invite in 1979. Yo, I got next. Gus got next with Alizé Johnson, Stanford Robinson, Dante Ingram, Ashton Spears, Jacksonville State. And uh, we'll give you a little rundown of the games now for this weekend. Again, we got spoiled the last couple of weeks, so there's not there's only one team, there's only one game where we get ranked against ranked, which is a little bit close to our uh, a little bit close to our hearts with uh, Seton Hall and Xavier for sure. Uh, but a couple interesting ones: uh, one Villanova at Connecticut, you know, old school Big East matchup. Cool to see. You can kind of feel Villanova like twenty point win here on the road, right? Number three, Purdue going to Iowa. Maybe a similar blueprint here. I can't see either one of those teams really running into any trouble at the places they're going. Uh, Wichita State's going to Houston. We said that might be a tricky game. Does Wichita State fall down the rabbit hole again and uh, you know ignore their defensive uh, prowess of, of history? Or do they kind of get things back on track? Interesting one here. Iowa, uh, I'm sorry, um, Ohio State and Minnesota are playing in MSG. So they're kind of giving a road test to like the Big Ten tournament that's going to take place uh, one week earlier in March in Madison Square Garden. And it's, I mean, I guess they're going to see how it is. Uh, so you want to see how both those teams operate in a neutral court. Um, I feel like there's a resume game here for Florida State and Virginia Tech. You figure whoever gets that win there uh, bolsters their resume for March. Uh, careful, Rhode Island. You're going to Dayton. Just be careful. Um, Dayton has been playing well as of late, but Rhode Island's been so dominant. That might be a tricky game. You know, we've talked about uh, some of these, like, lead dogs in the conference have get, gotten tripped up, and this is the time to do it. Uh, Gonzaga just did it. Um, Texas Tech did it. Uh, you know, Seton Hall did it. Like, so maybe Rhode Island gets tripped up at Dayton. I don't know. Uh, Texas Tech, no Zach Smith. 
he's really an interesting piece to their team. You look at the stat sheet, he's what? Like their fourth, fifth, sixth top scorer. I don't have it in front of me. But he's a very impactful player on both ends of the ball and played over 25 minutes a game or about 25-ish minutes a game. Um, and they asked him to do a lot of different things, and he's one of those guys that falls into like the Kadeem Carrington category where he was just really selfless and sacrificed his own stats for the betterment of the team. So does his absence continue to affect Texas Tech, and do they fall prey to Hilton Magic at Iowa State? I'm not sure. Uh, Mike is definitely paying attention to the Creighton-Providence game. Huge Big East matchup. You feel like whoever's going to win that one can maybe put themselves at the top level there and maybe knock it on the door for that second or third spot in the Big East. We mentioned uh, Xavier heading to Seton Hall. Only ranked versus ranked team this uh, game this weekend. Uh, Arizona at Stanford. Careful now. Stanford's uh, tied for the lead in the Pac-12. Careful, Arizona. They can match up with you big for big. Stanford's not going to be get pushed around at all. Notre Dame is going to Clemson. Is Notre Dame going to slow it down? Is Clemson right for an upset here? Not sure. Resume game with uh, Missouri and Texas A&M for sure. And then another careful game, number 21 Tennessee going to South Carolina. South Carolina suffer the big game uh, upset hangover after beating Kentucky. Or can they make it a back-to-back situation where they beat two ranked teams coming into their building? So careful Tennessee. Don't want to get too uh, too saucy. I mean, wow, we talked about the Middle Tennessee at Western Kentucky game. That game is absolutely huge for Conference USA. Lots of things on the line there. Uh, hmm, what's going to happen in this Florida-Kentucky game, huh? Florida sits atop the standings at 5-1. and one. Kentucky coming off a bad loss going back home. Hmm, interesting there. And oh boy, oh boy, Boise State goes to Nevada. Staying up late for that one, hashtag basketball narcolepsy. Can't wait to get our eyes on that one. So that's your rundown of the games. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Happy to give you this mid-major flavor. Hope that you guys are enjoying it and consuming it in the right way. Uh, if you like what you're listening to, please don't be afraid to give Mike and I a nice review on iTunes. Uh, write up a little review. We'll give you a shout-out and ahoy on the podcast. Follow the podcast at SDS Podcast Efficiency of Keystrokes, of course. Looking for some SDS uh, content in print? Hit up Mike. Mike's awesome site, randallrant.com. Mike has his incredible short corner, and we got some rankings up there for you to take part. You can also listen to the podcast there if you'd like. And last thing, I guess, give Mike a follow because he is still invested in this football weekend. Good luck to all you fantasy footballers out there and people that might be wagering if betting was legal uh, on the football games. Hope you enjoy your NFL uh, conference weekend. And thank you, listeners. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Salancha, gratulatia, cheers, and arigato. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.